Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 12 for Friday 13th August 2010. Lotus Live Notes in 852. We ask Ed the tough questions. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by Moo.com, the home of the finest custom business cards, mini cards, postcards and much more. For more information and for details of exclusive promotional offers, browse to thisweekinlotus.com. Moo. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Lotus. As usual, we're back to discuss all things Lotus, uh, our weekly fireside chat uh, at some ungodly hour of the morning in some areas of the world. Um, as usual, Darren Duke joins me. How are you, Darren? I am fine, Stuart. Welcome back. How are you? I'm really good. Where have you been? <laughs> the, the, the blogosphere and the Twittersphere has been begging for the Stuart to come back. <laughs> I can't imagine. I'm sure everybody's been appreciating the quiet while I've been away. Just been up in Scotland for a couple of weeks, uh, enjoying the peace and quiet up there. Um, I appreciated you standing in and, and holding the fort. How, how was the recording process? It, it, the first one was really painful. It must have took me a good eight hours to get the first one out the door. This whole stereo versus mono thing, you don't kind of realize when you've got the headphones on, but then when you come and listen to it and it's only coming out of one speaker, that was a bit of a shock, so I had to go back and do it all again. And I just want to thank Lisa for her help as well. She did a, a fantastic job. Yeah, I enjoyed her being on the podcast again, and uh, and it, you had, it's, had some really good episodes. I really enjoyed listening to them while I was on my travel. so thank you so much for standing in. Um We've got a really interesting episode today, haven't we? We've got some, some good guests and some very interesting topics to discuss. Um, today, joining us, we have Ed Brill, of course, of IBM. Hi there, Ed. Uh, good uh, morning slash afternoon, I guess. <laughs> yeah, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Um, I, I heard Bruce ask you this on taking notes uh, yesterday. <laughs> and uh, What's your job title these days and what does that actually mean, Ed? Do you want to run through that? Uh, I'm the Director of Product Management for Notes Domino and Lotus Live Notes. Product management is the discipline where you write business plans and decide how to take a product to market and uh, then once it is in market, work on how to make it successful. So that's uh, what my team and I do. Brilliant. And a very good job you do too. So thank you for joining thank us. We've obviously got some interesting announcements going on this week. So hopefully we can get into those with Lotus Live Notes and 852 as well. So um, joining us on the call today, we also have Tom Duff or Duffbert, as uh, as you know, on most of the social networks. How are you, Tom? What's <laughs> <laughs> up? Okay, I'm up. I'm awake. And what time is it there? Uh, 4.05 a.m. <laughs> Goodness me. What commitment to the cause you have, Duff? You got it. Do you want to take us through what you do? Uh, I'm a developer for a large insurance company in the Pacific Northwest here in the States and work on the development side and write about technical stuff, mainly Lotus, and speak at different industry events whenever they let me up on stage in Securities Life. And... Uh, <laughs> Also in the process of doing a book, which we can talk about a little later. Yeah, look forward to that. And you read a few books too, don't you? 
Uh, occasionally, when I'm not trying to sleep two or three hours a night, yes. <laughs> it's amazing uh, how when writing a book, though, all of a sudden your book reading levels go way down. I mean, I still read an abnormal amount, but you know, compared to my totals of the last couple of years, I'm looking at going, man, I haven't even broken 100 books this year, and usually I'm well within like 120, 130 by now. Goodness me. I don't think I've read that many in my life. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, I'm the one who kind of makes the American average of book reading, you know, plus one. <laughs> my, mine have to have lots of pictures in them. Well, I've got actually a book. I just finished the Dilbert uh, compilation that I haven't reviewed yet. So, yeah, I've, I've got my picture books, too. Tremendous. Well, thank you all for joining. Um, it's been an interesting week in, in the Lotus community. It's always good to have real sort of factual information to discuss. Sometimes we get a bit embroiled in the in the to and fro of the blogosphere, whereas this week we've got some really good announcements obviously on the table. So it would be great to get uh, all of your views on that and obviously Ed to fill us in on some of the details. So, so Ed, do you want to talk to um, the Lotus Live Notes announcement this week? What does it mean? Uh, what's in there? What are the um, What's the product you're actually announcing? And does it mean to customers? Yeah. So um, on Tuesday, we announced uh, Lotus Live Notes. Lotus Live Notes is a multi-tenant version of Domino hosted in IBM data centers um, that offers uh, Domino messaging capabilities at a fixed per user per month price. Uh, it's available through uh, the Lotus Notes client or through a browser. Those um, uh, different access methods are included. Uh, and uh, it also includes instant messaging. Um, there's also a, an ounce of bundle with Lotus Live Notes and Lotus Live Engage that brings um, the best of the uh, entire Lotus uh, suite of cloud offerings together in one package price for uh, $10 a user a month. And uh, that adds all the e-meeting uh, profiles, activities, file sharing, uh, you know all the different capabilities uh, into the into the Lotus Live offering as well. So it's um, it's uh, Domino in the cloud collaboration in the cloud um, built on the same technology that we've been selling in, in our premises offers and uh, done really well. Brilliant and. Obviously, you've already got a uh, messaging infrastructure that's out in, in the Lotus Live cloud already with Lotus Live iNotes. So why, why did you feel that putting actual Domino into the cloud was important? Right. So Lotus Live iNotes is, um, is a sort of more basic uh, messaging environment. And we did that initially because we felt like the easiest route to cloud for a lot of organizations was going to be new users who had more... Um, sort of mainstream email needs and less the sophistication of enterprise calendaring and full featured rules management and all of those other capabilities. And um, so, you know, the, the, the complement here is to take the enterprise class product and, and add it into the mix. And, and that's what we've done. Brilliant. So are there any significant differences between the Notes and Domino, you know, recent versions that we're used to seeing inside of organizations and what you're actually putting into the cloud? Have you made any changes to technology that's there? Um, most of what's changed is actually e either available now or at some point will be in the future in the, in the premises product. Uh, we, it is a little different that the, the cloud implementation of Domino is leading a little bit from a technology perspective, and we've done that 
uh, because basically we needed to optimize for our own Lotus Live deployment architecture. Um, but it, it is essentially the same. And in fact, the reason that it's uh, shipping now and announced simultaneously uh, is that um, we put some specific features in the Notes 852 platform uh, for Lotus Live Notes, things like um, completely silent failover and failback, uh, a cached mode kind of architecture for local um, instantiation of mail, things like that um, are, are in the 852 release. We'll support 851 as well um, with, uh, you know, within the environment, but um, there are some optimizations and some new technologies on both the cloud and the server. Hey, Ed, um, on the blogger call, you had mentioned something about uh, y when you were using the 852 client, there was a quote-unquote click-to-cloud feature. Was yeah. that just a terminology or is that an actual feature? And, and can you explain a little bit more? I used it in the context of the other Lotus Live services. So things like Lotus Live Meetings and Lotus Live Connections. But there are plugins in um, Lotus available from the Lotus Live server that you can add into your notes client to use those features in uh, in or from the notes client environment and have sort of single click access over to um, to the services in Lotus Live. Uh, I think the other point that I made there is that we're using um, an authentication mechanism that if you're you're authenticated to Lotus Live through the notes client that you don't have to re-log in in the in the browser experience. So um, there are some definite connections between the the client and the server environment. Okay. So Ed, on the, the way this works, this is the same 852 binary client that every other notes customer in the world would download from Passport Advantage, right? Yeah, or um, you know, could could download through um, you know an IT provisioning if they were not directly connected to Passport Advantage. But it's the same. This, the software on the client side is exactly the same, whether you're on Lotus Live and subscribing to that, or on premises licenses for Lotus Notes. And is the, okay. is, is the ability to use the notes client included in, in that very low cost price that you mentioned earlier on? It is. The $5 um, price for Lotus Live Notes includes um, several things that we think are competitive advantages, one of which is the right to use the Lotus Notes client, so you don't have to have that separately licensed. Another is that it includes the right to use the instant messaging there as well, uh, or through a browser. Uh, within the Lotus Live services, so um, you know that's one one additional capability beyond mail calendar contacts uh, to dos that is um, that's available as part of that base price. And 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 just like we have today in a on on prem environment, we're able to do local replication or hit the server directly through the Lotus Live Notes solution as well. Lotus Live Notes is architected for local-based access only. It's not a, a server-based access architecture, and we did that basically for scale. Um, you know, it's been kind of the best practice recommendation for many years to begin with. So, with the client, the the architecture is to run locally. Of course, we have a web interface, so there you're hitting the server directly. Um, but in the in the client side, it is a, a truly client side implementation. Aha! Now I see where some of the cool features of 852 have came from. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I, I guess as a developer, you know, one of the things that obviously, you know, when this was first announced, I started going, "Oh, cool apps," and then I found out that you know, oh, this is you know the mail side, not the app side. Um, is there any thought as to if and when this type of an environment 
especially in a hybrid environment, uh, will be carried out past just the mail environment into more of a uh, Domino apps setup? Yeah, yeah. So a couple of thoughts there. So um, first of all, the hybrid thing is a, a huge competitive differentiator for us. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, the engineering team has done some really smart stuff there um, to essentially make it a transparent branch of your existing Domino deployment if you're connecting to um, the Lotus Live servers. So in that scenario, you you know, kind of our initial architecture is for sure your Domino app servers stay on premises. Um, and because it's just a different OU, there's really no, um, there's no difference. There's nothing that changes about that um, access to those applications. Uh, so it's, it's pretty seamless. Um, applications in the cloud is a, a complex uh, thing to architect. The model that Amazon and Salesforce and some of the others have done is basically to charge kilowatt hours or some, you know, something to the effect of that, um, where you know they don't care what you're running and they're just going to charge based on cycles of usage. Um, I don't know if that model works right in a Domino Apps world because there's such a difference between uh, a discussion forum and a full-blown CRM system and a help desk t- system. Um, so business model is part of what we have to work out. There are, of course, technology pieces to it as well. We, we know we'd like to do something around apps, but for today, our, our recommendation is actually um, to look at some of our partners, some who have been in the traditional hosting space, the Connectrias and Prominex and whatever are you know, really good at, at app hosting in that architecture. And then some like uh, the group live platform as a service that is available in Europe um, you know, is really optimized for uh, complementary cloud activities. So, so a couple of different approaches out. Okay. One thing I would like to talk about too, when we get to, you know, talking about the 852 is I'd seen where there was reference to the fact that, you know, you could have your development, um, you know, be using, uh, cloud-based images using Amazon services. And I'm curious to get a little bit more background on that too, but we'll We'll delay that discussion until then. Okay. We'll come back to that, Tom. So uh, from, from a client point of view, um, you know, clients use the, the standard Notes client uh, 852 or they access iNotes directly. Um, what, what about admins? Because you know, mo- I guess mostly customers that are going to move to Lotus Live Notes already have um, on-site, on-premise infrastructure, and they're used to accessing that via Domino Administrator. What's going to happen when it moves to the cloud? Will they still have some ability to manage the infrastructure, or is that all going to go over to Lotus? live folks right so it depends on on the deployment architecture if you're in a, a hybrid environment then uh, the domino administrator tool you know and love today is is a, a part of the administrative uh, tapestry I guess you don't do all the same kinds of things that you do today of course because we're running the servers um, but um, but that tool is part of the environment if you set up a wholly Lotus live environment without the hybrid configuration, we have a set of administrative tools that are already in Lotus Live for provisioning users and setting up their configurations and the like. And uh, <clears throat> we call that the um, BSS, the Business Systems uh, Support Tool. And uh, it's the same across all of Lotus Live. So, you know, part of the reason we've done this this particular way is to make the Lotus Live Notes experience exactly the same as the rest of the Lotus Live services. And those tools are then available. Tremendous. So as a Lotus Live customer admin, just same as I would go into engage and create users in there, I just create them for the notes environment and that provisions the, the notes ID and gets sent down to the users. Is that right? That's, 
That's right, yeah. Brilliant. Very impressive. Indeed. That is that is extremely impressive. I, I've, I've got to tip my hat to IBM when you've got these companies who are innovating left, right, and center, and IBM comes up with this elegant solution, as, as Nathan wrote on his blog a couple of days ago. You know, it, there's nothing new in here to allow you to do hybrid. It's put a put an extra server in your DMZ, sign an OU with a with a, a shared certifier, um, and off you go. It's it's as simple as that. It's 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 ironic that this is 20 year old technology and everybody else is trying to do this. And with a piece of 20 year old technology, we just turn it on. and It works. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, the, um, you know, it helps that we took the Domino team to build Lotus Live, right? We, you know, very conscious decision to put Russ Holden, chief architect in charge of both projects, right? You know, and, and we solved it in a, in a domino way. So that it, it, it really is a, a masterpiece of engineering in a lot of different ways. So if, if a customer was to come to, you know, me as a partner and say, I'm interested in moving my environment from on-premise to Lotus Live Notes, I wonder, Ed, can you go through sort of kind of roughly what's involved in that in terms of um, are there any tools to help move users to the cloud? Uh, what happens about licensing, you know, and, and how do they buy Lotus Live Notes? Do you want to run through some of those things? Sure. So um, <laughs> hit licensing and my brain immediately started to answer that one, but um, – <laughs> That's all right. No, I, there's you know there's several decisions that need to be made, and this is I think part of the opportunity for partners is you know what kind of architecture do you want? Are you going to move data from your existing environments? Do you want to do that through servers? Or do you want it to be in local archives, or do you have a compliance tool? Um, you know how do you want to decide which users get moved to the cloud, or are you going to do it all? And what's the phased approach going to be? Uh, how are you going to link in and continue to integrate your apps? What are the client-side plugins that need to be out there? Um, you know, there's hundreds of implementation-oriented decisions that don't just go away because you move a service to the cloud. And that's true not just for Lotus Live. It's true for Microsoft BPOS. It's true for Google. It's true for Salesforce. You know, uh, about a year ago, I, I spent a lot of time talking to the analysts about how um, disingenuous it was that they were giving Google credit for the $50 a user a month or a user a year version of, of Google apps as being a just pay Google $50 and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, you still have to worry about it. You still have to have admins. You still have to worry about your network bandwidth. You still have to worry about end user support and deployment. You know, there's just t- tons of different things that have to go on in an IT infrastructure. Yeah, ask, ask Marie, Scott, Marie Scott about that. She'll tell you exactly what's involved. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so I think, and I, I did a round with many of the analysts this week, I think that that bloom is off the vine and everybody sort of gets now that fixed cost per user per month pricing is a benefit to IT. Having somebody else runs the servers in an optimized way is a benefit to IT. Not having to worry about upgrade cycles is a benefit to IT, but it sure as heck isn't. I'm just going to pay the vendor a fixed cost and I can you know, get rid of all my thinking about IT investments or whatever, right? Um, so uh, anyway, so I think there's a lot of partner opportunity and that, that was kind of the point I was on. What, what the process will be initially is if a customer wants to convert their data from a premises deployment into the Lotus Live Notes environment, um, our services team has an offering for that. Uh, it's not one where we're looking to generate a ton of uh, profitable revenue or whatever. We're just trying to control access to the Lotus Live environment initially 
uh, over time, we expect these tools will be available um, as a partner utility as well. Um, but initially, if you said you wanted to convert your data, we would we would do that work. And, uh, you know, sort of a one day your server would be pointed to our server uh, for an end user and uh, away we go. From a licensing perspective, uh, there are essentially two ways to buy Lotus Live nodes. One is a straight new subscription to uh, a software as a service, Lotus Live Notes or Lotus Live Notes plus Engage. And those are the five and $10 price points. For uh, an existing Lotus Notes customer with a uh, Domino Cal on maintenance uh, on our service and support contract, there's a design to have a uh, combined renewal of that Cal with the Lotus Live Notes or Lotus Live Notes plus Engage services. And um, that's, you know, sort of under design right now. It's not quite on the price books yet, um, but we'll, we'll get it there as quick as quick as we can. And then there's, a, you know, another packaging option for customers who are on our enterprise license agreements and CEO agreements, because those are on a, a per user basis. But any which way, um, we do recognize a customer's existing investment in a, uh, a Domino subscription if they're an existing, you know, sort of current customer uh, versus, you know, sort of the standard uh, software as a service license. So lots of different approaches. Too many for my uh, personal taste, to be honest. I'd like to be able to sell it just one way. But um, when you're bridging between a existing business model and a new business model, sometimes you have to build bridges. You can't just say, go there. So. And those are and, all passable advantage parts, I guess, Ed. And therefore, yes. do, do the usual band discounts apply there? So they are passport advantage, but no, the discount curve isn't the same. Um, software as a service has obviously different costs structure on the back end. Um, you know, we're, we're not just, uh, letting you download code that has basically no, no, uh, incremental cost. There is quite a bit of incremental cost to Lotus Live since we're putting the services up in our, our data centers, et cetera. Uh, so you'll see some, you know, sort of minor discount curve, but not really. Um, it's it's pretty much a flat price, and that's been consistent for the other Lotus Live services as well. So, so we mentioned about the the hosting of applications with the likes of Promenic and and, and Connectria, and, and applicable, I guess, over over in Europe is probably one of the big ones as well. Sure. Is are, are there any plans to to allow those guys to have access to the improvements you guys made to allow multi-tenant in your own data centers, kind of like reciprocal if you're doing the messaging and for the for now they're doing the applications. Uh, is there any idea to allow them to see what you guys did on the messaging side and allow them to kind of provide the same functionality that you guys have? Um, I guess it depends on how much they keep trying to beat us up competitively <laughs> between now and then. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The part of the plan for, let's call it the next version of Domino, is to take and harvest some of the features that we built for those live nodes into a, a private cloud set of uh, features for Domino. Uh, that'll take some time, but uh, it, it's on the roadmap. So, yes. So, kind of like an upgrade to the old XSP kind of install, I guess. Yeah, sure. Okay. And then, and then secondarily, um, I want to reiterate before I beat you up. I think all of this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now I run my club's cover. Um, so we have 
along with this announcement, we also reduced it from a thousand users, which was the hosted notes, down to a 25 user minimum for Lotus Live notes. Um, I've been very vocal in my belief that I still think 25 is a high number. What, what, what does IBM see that the 25 minimum brings to the table? Um, there's a level of work that needs to be done to onboard a customer in the Lotus Live environment. It is not entirely an automated, you know, just click here and we take your data and go kind of a scenario. Um, there's just planning and forethought involved. And so because of that, um, we want a threshold. Uh, I know that that's not true for some of the competitors and, and their provisioning models are different for different reasons. Um, this is where we're landing for right now. Having said that, you can buy a license for a Lotus Live service subscription uh, through the IBM online software catalog, at least here in the U.S., with a credit card and, you know, run that way. It's not the way we intend to uh, do credit card transaction e-commerce for the long term, but we're starting to take some baby steps to, you know, bring that kind of into the fold as well. And, and that will allow us to look at um, ways of potentially reducing that, that 25 and to put that into some kind of perspective, I mean, that, that's $1,500 a year, I think, for 25 users for, for the $5 a month. So, you know, that, that's still a pretty low investment level, isn't it, to, to get you a fully-fledged, you know, messaging collaboration environment? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, the, the price point here is incredibly attractive. And, and uh, you know, we think uh, we've done bids for 25 users already. So um, there is definitely a low end of the market that's going to be interested in this. Excellent. Uh, and, and then maybe, maybe lastly, if, if, if you had it all to do again, would you maybe change the naming nomenclature a bit? <laughs> so, you know, I, uh, I, I know we take a lot of grief for this. Um, we did Lotus Live iNotes under that brand because we wanted to, to be part of the messaging family and not invent some new fiddly food thing. You all have been around long enough to know that when we called it workplace messaging, uh, it immediately conveyed a sense of being some completely different beast. And, and it uh, was, it was, just to point out, workplace messaging was a different beast. <laughs> yeah. Um, the intent here with, with Lotus Live iNotes was to be the first sort of bridge between uh, a, a product name we had defined as uh, web-based mail and a service name that we had defined as cloud-based service. And when you're in the cloud, it doesn't really matter what's on the back end. So if you look at Lotus Live iNotes, it looks like uh, iNotes. I mean, we've put a, you know, one UI domino-based skin on it. Uh, it shouldn't matter what the plumbing is on the back end. That was kind of the thinking of that branding. Where it's gotten a little confusing is that now we've brought the web domino functionality into Lotus Live through Lotus Live Notes. And so in that interface, it's called Lotus Live Notes Web and not Lotus iNotes or DWA or any of its prior names. Um, and I did that kind of quite deliberately because I think over time we'll probably go to that sort of product name web nomenclature uh, for a number of things. So um, uh, it's kind of a preview of directional, but I don't, we're not going to change the name of Lotus Live iNotes. I know people keep asking us to do it. We're not going to change that name. 
at least not that I'm aware of. <laughs> not this week, at least. Yeah. <laughs> St- whacking stick back in case. <laughs> okay, I've got a question about mobile then, Ed. Uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on this podcast discussing iPads and iPhones and Android and all those kind of things. What have you done to, to give access from those devices to, to this new uh, Lotus Live Notes system? Um, so nothing yet. <laughs> um, we have a first service update planned in about uh, six or seven weeks. So first week in October is kind of our target um, to add Lotus Notes Traveler support uh, for iPhone, iPad, Windows Mobile, um, uh, Nokia, Symbian, and uh, when, when the Android client is ready, Android will then be supported as well. Um, so that's, that service add-on is coming. It's going to be. It's going to have a price tag associated with it, but a very small one. Uh, and that's just to make sure that we can capacity plan and load accordingly. Um, so that'll be in the in this first service update in early October. And then uh, Rim BlackBerry support. We've been working with Rim quite closely. Made a bunch of good steps this week on getting them to certify a supported configuration in Lotus Live Notes. And uh, then we're going to build that out using some expertise that already exists in IBM and have that ready uh, in early 2011. Wonderful. Okay, I I have another question about instant messaging. You mentioned already that same time access is included in the price, which I think is phenomenal compared to to what some of the other solutions offer. Um, How is that going to work in terms of is it dedicated or is it shared amongst all your customers in the same way as the the Domino environment is? Um, The the instant messaging is... Um, by default going to show you your corporate environment, but because it's part of Lotus Live, if you and your Lotus Live profiles have connected to other users, right, there's actually something that that happens as a result of that. And one of the things is that you can then add that user uh, to your buddy list. So I actually think it's quite cool of how it's bridging um, the services of the Lotus Live cloud uh, together that you have this ability to go beyond your organization if you're already connected to others in the Lotus Live environment. That's excellent. And that, I guess that's the same way as it works for Engage and Connections customers at the moment. So, exactly. Yeah, tremendous for doing that. Okay, I, I wanted to, to open it out now. We, you know, uh, Darren and I are both partners. Uh, Tom's from a customer. So maybe we can start with you, Tom. I, I guess you probably can't talk about your particular company you work for. <laughs> but in general, as a customer, can you see this being of interest to people that have been running their own on-premise notes environments up till now? <clears throat> from a customer perspective... Yes, I can see how I, I can see how the hybrid solution makes uh, a lot of sense in terms of you do now have the ability to say, okay, I'm going to <clears throat> let you know X users you know go off and hit the cloud, and they can decide how they want to do it, and we can keep a much smaller p- footprint in house if we care to for uh, some of the more internal type needs that we have. Uh, you know, our situation is slightly different, which we won't go into. Ed's fully aware of it. But uh, yeah, I, I think the hybrid situation makes a lot of sense in the fact that it does give you the ability to say, let's take a look at what we currently have and without trashing it all and going to some other type of solution, be it, you know, Microsoft or be it Google or whatever. We can start getting the same advantages of the cloud, the same benefits to IT and the low-cost structure, but still leave us the ability to use Notes as an application development tool and fully leverage that along with the email. 
And Darren, how about your customers? Can you see this see this something they're going to be interested in and, and asking you about over the coming months? I, I think if they ever find out about it, they will ask about it. Um, it, it, is an, it is an intriguing idea, the hybrid model. I think IBM really ha have got the potential to change the way people see the cloud here. Um, it's also interesting from a price point that it's not a one price fits all. You've got the $3 iNotes, the old Outblaze stuff, and then you've got the $5 Lotus Live lo Notes. And then you can add engage to any of these mechanisms. So while I kind of agree with, with, with Ed a bit that it's a bit overly complicated, there, there are a lot of options. Um, kind of speaking of um, use cases for this, we have a, a, a customer that is a, a large insurance company. And they're already looking at this for their temporary workers that come on in a catastrophe. I, I think the insurance is just as I think is what their job is. And let's say a hurricane hits... You know, they suddenly hire 1,500 people who all go down to wherever the hurricane hits for maybe three months and, and work. And I think the Lotus Live solution, be it iNotes or Lotus Live Notes, gives them a, a, a really exquisite and simple way to onboard these people, but not have to worry about things like personal email addresses like hotmama at hotmail.com, right? You don't really want your insurance or just giving that on a business card. Um, so, so I think it's actually very good. I, I, I want to commend IBM on, on thinking this through. It's, it, it, you know, they were getting panned a bit for being late to the game, but I think it's, it's a very good chessboard move right now. The thing I love about it is, is you know, I still see Notes and Domino described in a lot of places being, you know, legacy or being kind of old-style collaboration. And, and, of course, we know it's not in, in the community. We know it's, it's kept up to date and it's, you know, continuously been developed. And it is what it is now. But the great thing is that with this, we can immediately take... You know what's been traditionally great about Notes and Domino, and say it's there in the cloud. It's still the same beast, but you now got all the advantages of, of, of the cloud and the low cost and everything that Google and Microsoft have been talking about for a while. So I, I think it just opens out those conversations in a way that says it's no longer old versus new. It's now well, Lotus can do it all. You know, do you have a really sensible business reason and justification for moving off of Lotus to anything else? So, I mean, Ed, that must be for, at the forefront in your mind is I'm guessing you've had customers speak to you about, you know, them being rude and blind and, and whatever by, by Google and Microsoft. This must give you a tremendous weapon now to, to enter those conversations with, with something of your own. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the hit on the perceived lateness. I mean, the, the market is still early in, in cloud computing. There have been some notable early moves there. Not all of them have been particularly successful. Um, so maybe slow and steady wins the race. And you know, I think what we've built here, uh, and I know uh, it was so much somewhat provocative of me to say, but I think when you do the stack up of technology capabilities and implementation that we've kind of built best in class now with what we've done with Lotus Live, and my Salesforce has been out selling it. You know, for several months, even without the Lotus Live Note service, you know, sort of having gone live, but we've been in beta since April. And we actually went to a limited availability in June where we put one customer in production on the environment. Um, you know, the, 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 the pipeline of demand has been enormous. We've done hundreds of bids, uh, some of them, some fair number, I'd say probably 30 or 40 percent have been to Microsoft Exchange shops that are looking at alternatives. 
And um, in a lot of cases, the just the ability to talk about the complete offering has ended a flirtation with Google in a lot of uh, existing notes customer environments where Google had actually set the agenda by coming in and saying, $50 all in, you know, we'll fix this for you, and uh, ended up getting left behind as the evaluation proceeded. And, and, Going down. And, and, and I, I have one last point. It's kind of touching on, on what Stuart said. I think also the perception is that, that Domino is, is hard to manage and doesn't scale. And we all know if it's done right, this thing scales out to thousands of users per server. And, and I think it's good for IBM and for business partners to be able to walk into customers and say, look, if you honestly believe this thing is hard to manage, let us take it off your hands and manage it for you. There's a lot of options around delivery now, and, and I think that's the best part of the conversation. So. Tremendous. Okay. Well, th thank you for, for all your points you know, raised during that. I, I think it's a, a good overview. And I, I'd also point people um, to our competitor podcast, if you like, sorry, Bruce, uh, to Taking Notes, who, who also spoke to Ed this week and had some interesting conversations there too. So um, mo moving on, the other big announcement of the week, um, which Ed can also uh, answer for, I guess, is uh, that... Notes and Domino 8.5.2 has been uh, announced, going to be available on the 24th of August, I believe. Um, Ed, do you want to just talk through what's you know, significantly new in 8.5.2? Yeah, I mean, 8.5.2 is, um, you know, it's a, a minor feature release, uh, again, primarily designed to get some features out for Lotus Live Notes from the client perspective. The application development tools have some extensive updates, and I'm probably not the best qualified to talk through all the stuff there with X pages and the designer and um, you know some of that stuff. There's there's been a ton of good blog coverage on it already as well. Um, but I know from a developer perspective, the eight five two covers off a lot of things that have been asked for uh, for quite some time, including uh, <laughs> uh, more than sixteen colors available in the app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so um, in the client side, there's, I don't know, a dozen or so interesting new features, multi-threaded replication, the ability to share a group uh, from your contacts, you know, some stuff like that. And then uh, Notes Traveler has been updated in several ways, including a Linux version of the Traveler server, um, an auto install process for client software as needed, uh, a bunch of new security policies, um, especially in the Apple world and uh, some other capabilities there. So it's a, it's a definite incremental release. You know, it is the target release for really any existing customer in terms of upgrading. Um, it's probably also the last time we'll put any significant feature work into 8.5x. There will be some stuff in 8.5.3, especially for developers, but um, I, I'm trying to get the client and server teams to turn their attention to the, the next feature release uh, at this point. Uh, is, yeah, is that going to be 8.6 or R9? Uh, the next feature release. <laughs> yeah, looking, okay. at official, um, looking at the official list that we've got here in terms of what's been announced, I've not been part of the you know, 8.5.2 program, so I'm not aware of it from you know, code drops and stuff like that. But you mentioned that developers can also take advantage of Domino in the cloud through developer and test images on Amazon Web Services. Yep. Can you speak a bit more to that? I find that a bit tricky. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty cool thing, actually. It's been out for, uh, I don't know, several months this year. We, we partnered up with, uh, um, with Amazon that you can buy through them 
a, a Domino server access point. Um, the server is the exact same Domino server and um, use it basically for free as far as we're concerned for developing and testing applications. You just pay them hosting charges at that point. And it's part of their EC2 infrastructure. It's built the same as any other Amazon cloud service. Uh, it's pretty slick. I went and set one up myself and uh, it's not quite as easy as I'd like to you know, get through all of that, but, uh, but nothing kind of ever is when you're you know, not actually dealing with the hardware in your, in your own data center. So, um, you know, yeah, it's been out for a while. I think um, it's still an 851. I, you know, I don't think since 852 isn't technically out yet. I don't know how quickly it'll get uh, revved up to 852, but it should be very quick after that. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, because I, I saw references to it back in 851, but it seems to be one of those features that isn't talked about a whole lot. So, Yeah, I mean, we talk about it uh, in some of our marketing materials. It's in the solution catalog. There's some stuff on, um, if you go to uh, DeveloperWorks, uh, or actually, sorry, developer.lotus.com, that jump page, um, it's, it's, it's marketed there. So um, it, it's out there, and I think it's a pretty cool tool especially when you combine it with the free designer, you basically can just pay some hosting charges to Amazon uh, to learn and test uh, Domino applications. And, and, and kind of touching back on the 852, uh, obviously travel on Linux, I think, think is a huge step. I, I, I personally have a lot of AS400 customers, and publicly, I'm going to announce this, if I had a choice to run Domino on any platform, it would be on the AS400, because I always get arguments about that. Um, that notwithstanding, are there any plans to, to move Traveller to the other Domino platforms, like the P and the I, the AS400 and the AI Xboxes? I, I wouldn't expect us to do it. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's a free add-on. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the engineering cost is expensive every time we do a new platform. And uh, I think with Windows and Linux, we've got sort of 80 to 90% of the market covered. You can run a, a Linux Intel processor as a plug-in in a system I box. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I kind of feel like the incremental value there would be pretty limited. Okay. Something I, I was looking forward to in 8.5.2, uh, at least from last year, was, was directory independence, which I think early this year was withdrawn from 8.5.2. Can you talk to anything in terms of um, what, what's the future for directory independence? Are there any plans to do anything to allow Active Directory integration beyond what we have now with, um, with directory assistance and so on? Uh, and the Tivoli directory integrator, right? Uh, Tom knows a lot about that. Um, uh, TDI free free TDI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, my impression. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, you know I think right now that we the, uh, some of the work we did for directory independence we we've actually utilized in Lotus Live Notes so you know it's there in the plumbing. Um, the challenge with directory independence has always been that the expectation in the market is is actually quite different from what is um, the reality even in a non-domino uh, integration with the uh, Active Directory. So people want to be able to control everything about their domino environment from Active Directory. And, you know, at best, it'll be people in groups. And, um, you know, there's still stuff that needs to be managed in the domino environment in the, in the architecture. So um, we're just a little, you know, cautious about going down that road. Um, we'll, we'll see if it, it kind of comes back uh, in, in, in a future release kind of time frame. And, and in my real job, this is probably the most single thing I get asked for on a weekly basis. 
okay. And what are the what are the use cases? Why 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 does it come up so frequently? The the use case honestly is most organizations do not honestly see the value in 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 a in a public key architecture framework. Microsoft have done a very good job of pulling the wool over everyone's eyes and giving you one password to rule them all. And they, a lot of my customers see, see Domino being archaic because you need an ID to, to actually access it if you're using native notes. And I know we can do some TDI integration on it. We can do single sign-on from the web. But the fact of the matter is I would say 95% of the customers out there still use the, the, the full client because of all its benefits. And I, I think there's just a significant level of frustration of having to kind of onboard people twice for two different environments when almost every other product on the planet can just use my credentials out of Active Directory. And, and that's where mm -hmm. I think people get confused about directory independence. We're not talking about directory independence. We're talking about Active Directory. And as much as it pains me to say, that is the de facto directory in organizations now and will be for the foreseeable future. Yeah, but so you can... Just, I'm sorry, but you, you can do single sign-on from Active Directory in a Windows environment. Uh, in eight five, so yeah, but but uh, you can yes, but that has its own issues. But I won't I won't get into here. But the fact of the matter is, at some point, I still need to have an ID, and I still need to manage an ID. And if this is the only ID, physical file ID, I have in my environment, it's almost as if that becomes the dog I'm going to hit because that's different. It's just like being at school. But one thing that's different, the one kid that's different, is the one that gets picked on. And right now, notes is different because of its ID. Okay. I, I, I guess you know it's something we can you know we can look at how are there ways to optimize the ID distribution and management in an Active Directory environment because uh, you know the user doesn't see it if they're using that single sign-on in, in, in a Windows AD environment. So you know the, the user shouldn't really care. The admins can care, but uh, uh, yeah, we can we can talk about it some more. And, and because you opened the. I'll, I'll kick it yeah. open a touch. Um, so so but the problem today we have with with using the, the, the new shared login, which is not a bad feature, it has a couple of issues, but the, the biggest problem is the lack now of password synchronization between what my Windows password is and what my web password is. Um, and we see a lot of confusion around that. Um, and I'm not sure, Tom, would TDI fix that? Do you know? Uh I would defer that question to Marie because she's more the admin side of it where I'm, when I use TDI, I'm thinking more in terms of, you know, Tivoli data integrator, not directory integrator. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, next time you have a podcast, get her on and, and talk about TDI. <laughs> I, I believe it would, though, from, you know, the talks I've had with her and what I've seen her do with it. And, and Marie, for you, it would be 7 a.m. Eastern, not 6 or 4. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Marie on. She would be a bit more civil, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Ed, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bail you out a little bit here, Ed, and, and get you okay. back onto some more solid ground. <laughs> um, we we had a bit of a dust up over the last couple of weeks with you and Gartner in terms of a uh, report that they came out with, and that you had given your two cents worth, and the analyst took exception to your two cents and put his two cents in and you know by the time we got done we were in a major he said she said type situation which was unfortunate because 
most of us couldn't afford the cost of what exactly it was that he had said so we could judge for ourselves. Um, care to add in a little bit of background there or, you know, kind of wax eloquent on what you saw happening from your side? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the analyst industry is an important component of IT decision-making and understanding what's going on in the market. And, you know, the, some of the analysts we work with are really um, – you know, subject matter experts have been in the industry 20, 30 years, uh, you know, or 40 in some cases, you know, they, they have a lot of real knowledge and that's why they're in the business they're in. Um, as vendors, sometimes you just don't dis- don't agree with, with an analyst approach or their analysis. And um, sometimes, you know, you work with them in the back room on, you know, trying to sort of position the facts um, before they publish and uh, you know we're sometimes successful at that and you all never sort of see the sausage making in process but kind of see the the finished result and, and I think at IBM we're incredibly professional about that we have a, a formal organization executive level positions etc uh, that you know worry about how we interact with analysts and, and that's probably no different than most you know sort of large organizations um, sometimes, you know, we, we see a report come out that, that we don't agree with and, um, you know, that customers will ask us about and, and we want to kind of get some positioning out there. In, in this particular case, I think um, Gartner was probably a little surprised that I decided to go out on a, a sort of offensive defense uh, on the very day they published the report, whether or not that report had started to be used as a competitive weapon against me. Um, but I really felt like if you read the whole report, you would see that it was fairly balanced and um, that the conclusions might be quite different if you understood the, the, the context of the full report. There are certainly some data points in it that are, um, you know, sort of not favorable or whatever. But And the headline is the thing that's the least favorable to me and um, based on prior behavior, uh, which we've actually spent a lot of time with the, the Gartner ombudsman's about, uh, we've seen our competitors, most notably Microsoft, tend to take excerpts of Gar- Gartner reports out of context. And this one has a title that's kind of tailor-made for that. So I felt like it was important to get our position into the market as quickly as Gartner was getting their position into the market. And um, I think that, that they probably just weren't expecting that we were going to take that approach. Um, we hadn't telegraphed it in advance. They had certainly been aware um, of our unhappiness with that headline and some of their observations, but uh, we had never said, hey, we're going to take you on in public. So I think that that sort of made me a personal target, which I was kind of equally surprised by because I never said anything personal about anyone, but I'm willing to be the punching bag if it means that we you know, sort of have clarified what this report does really say. And what it says is that they get calls from customers thinking about migrating from Microsoft or from Lotus Notes to Microsoft. They also say that few of those customers actually move, and yet they draw a conclusion that uh, many more of them will move in the future, but they don't substantiate that. And I think that's what I mostly take exception to. There was an interesting comment in the back and forth from a, a, a customer who said, that he was surprised that Gartner felt that their inquiry pool was a valid sample approach to their research. And um, that was actually one of our, 
uh, one of our pushbacks on them during the private discussions on this is that we think it's a self-selected pool. And yeah, nobody's going to undertake a migration without um, consulting an, an analyst. And Gartner has written 75% of their reports in this space over the last few years about Microsoft. They have right on their homepage right now a webcast on SharePoint. They've certainly sort of aligned themselves more in that direction. Um, I think that their analysis and their their advice in many of those individual cases is entirely balanced and fair. Um, but you know whether it's uh, inquiries or a, a opt-in survey conducted on e-rewards or whatever method Gartner is currently using, they've used both of those. Um, you know, it's not a, a rigorous sample of the entire worldwide market, and that was kind of our point. And, and and I think it needs to be brought up that, that Gartner liked to hide behind the, the free speech amendment by saying what we write is not fact, it is opinion. And and several times, and not just Gartner, but several analyst firms, several times have been sued by by vendors, not vendors I would know on a, on a, on a basis. It's, it's usually not anyone I've heard of. But the reason they're being sued is because the analyst firm put them at the bottom of the list and had no prior contact with the firms at all. So everyone needs to take into account these analyst firms are opinion firms just like my blog, just like this podcast. And if you want to send me a $5 million check and I'll tell you where to put your email, feel free to do it. <laughs> well, and, and I think there's a real ethical issue too um, when you present yourself as an analyst who is an unbiased quote-unquote force in the industry to give you uh, the unvarnished truth about how they see it in the whole bit, but yet analyst firms are taking money from vendors to do reports, which we've seen on numerous occasions, tend to slant the results to, gee, lo and behold, that particular vendor. Or you've got <clears throat> other vendors who shall remain nameless who are willing to provide consulting services on the state of the industry to different vendors and what they get in payment are stocks and such from these companies, but yet you're in a position to influence the industry. It just, you know, those kind of things from an ethical standpoint drive me nuts. It's, it's like a used car salesman. If you, if you walk onto a used car lot and say to a used car salesman, should I buy a car? What is he going to tell you? No? Oh, no, no. I think a bicycle would be fine for you. I just can, you know, keep walking. Hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very smarmy underbelly of the industry. Yeah. I I can, I, it, it's useful in a way, but I can also, you know, I have a problem with how it's presented and how that kind of uh, aspect of, you know, who pays for these kind of things uh, isn't usually discussed. I think there's also a danger with, with having those headlines for those reports and the synopsis reports available to everybody saying one thing and actually the report when you drill down as, as Ed did on this case saying something very different if you look at the detail and I, I think you know whilst there will be a lot of very big corporates that pay their $495 or whatever and read the report there's, there's plenty more smaller businesses that will just read the synopsis and, and take something from that. I'll yeah. face it the, the American you know public is given to sound bites and word bites. So if I can get a, a title and a you know two paragraph synopsis, that's truth and analysis as far as I'm concerned. You know, I can I can shake <laughs> on this. So. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's not conversation. That's fact. That's fact, yes. 
Um, Gartner said so. And 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 kind of as a as, as a as a bit of a segue to maybe join two different pieces of his conversation together. Um, I, I know in in the Lotus Live notes piece. You know, IBM, I think, in a very good way, given same time instant message away. And I know that Tom is writing it with, together with a core author, a, a, a same time based book for users. Correct, Tom? Is that, is that what yes. it is for the end yes. users? Do you want to elaborate a bit on that first? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> I get to pimp my book. This is good. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, if you might have known if you read my blog or Marie Scott's blog or either of our Twitter feeds. Uh, Marie Scott was contacted by Pact Publishing, who has done a number of other uh, Notes Domino titles, to write a book on same time, and it would be a same time user's guide, not a developer or an administration guide. Um, Marie and I talked, and we decided to co-author on it to keep her from absolutely going nutty trying to do this all by herself. And so this started last November, and over the last uh, couple of weeks, we finally got through the second drafts on all the chapters. And from what we can tell, that should be pretty much all the content. We, it's gone through tech review. It's gone through editorial review. Now they've got a tech editor who's actually going through and I think doing the final production stuff. And so we might get a few questions here and there. But I think it's in the home stretch of getting to the point where one of these days, with any luck, we will be able to say, here's the link to the packed publishing page that has the same time user's guide, 300 pages of user goodness on same time, and um, you know, please pre-order. Uh, we're also doing a webcast here in a couple weeks for the Consultant in Your Pocket series that Chris Miller produces that will be a uh, same time from the user's perspective webcast for an hour. So we'll talk about different tips and tricks and, and things that you may not have used same time for. And one thing that I will add in there is even though we are positioning this as a user guide, uh, I've been, actually both Marie and I have been extremely surprised and pleased that we've handed it out to a few what I would consider the you know heavy hitters in our particular community and had them read it and just give us some feedback on it. And you mean you all, yeah. <laughs> no, Ed didn't. Ed didn't get a copy of this one. Ed could probably write this. One. <laughs> um, but you know, people like uh, Susan Bullock and and Paul Mooney, who read it, gave us some feedback. But the one line that really encouraged us is in all the cases when we gave them the chapter to read, they came back and said, "Wow, I learned something that same time can do that I didn't know about." So that was like, "Wow, we're." getting some people who use this all the time learning new things, this is a good thing. So Marie and I are both extremely excited about this and uh, definitely stay tuned. We will be announcing it very loudly and often, I'm sure, when it comes out. And, um, we'd like to <laughs> feedback when it does. Brilliant. Now, I know there's a quicker book uh, in progress as well, also with Pact Publishing. So I think overall it's tremendous that we're beginning to get some Lotus literature uh, that will be on the bookshelves or available on Amazon or whatever. I think terrific that, that you and Marie are putting the effort to get that done. So well done for that. Um, I just wanted, while we've got Ed on, to get his view on something that happened a couple of weeks ago, uh, which is that Google Wave um, got ditched by Google, saying they're not going to develop that as a single solution anymore. I think bits of it will make it into other parts of the Google suite. Uh, do you have a particular viewpoint on that, Ed, in terms of, of what that means for Lotus and, and how you feel about the announcement? 
Uh, I have no view on that whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I think it's uh, two things. I I love the fact that Google you know feels they have license to experiment as either sort of a newcomer in the collaboration space or as part of their corporate ethos in general. But um, I think they've done themselves a huge disservice by throwing now. I think this is the third major supposedly major tool they've thrown out there and then later abandoned in a very short order um, in terms of their credibility as an enterprise player. Um, and uh, actually, I think Burton Group's uh, uh, Craig Roth has really taken them to town for that because, uh, you know, Wave was positioned as this is our future vision for collaboration. And they got ISVs going on it. They had customers evaluating it. And then, you know, full stop less than 12 months later, um, now, I don't have any experience with ever doing that with a product. But, <laughs> uh, but, you know, so every vendor sort of does it. But, um, but for Google as a, as a, you know, sort of non-incumbent in the market, um, to put it all out there on the ledge, say that they had, you know, invested a whole division's worth of resources in it, et cetera, et cetera, um, and then pull the plug so abruptly. In fact, so abruptly that I think the Google Wave page still doesn't say that they've pulled the plug on it. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of shocking to see that kind of behavior in the enterprise market, um, unless that was never their target. But they certainly su- did seem to make it say that way. Now, the technology concepts I think are great. Some of them uh, are clearly similar to things our own researchers uh, are looking at in the Project Vulcan uh, concept. Um, and yeah, I knew my dog was going to have something to say. About <laughs> he didn't like the fact he really he isn't. <laughs> he really is an IBMer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, also uh, the work that we displayed at Lotusphere this year around Project Concord and concurrent editing and uh, online sort of document <gasps> work. <laughs> it's be a problem. Uh, anyway, we're working very hard on that. Actually, you'll see some of that start to show up in Lotus Live Labs very soon, and uh, we'll start that work. Um, the you know, dog really doesn't like Google. <laughs> no, the, the dog's telling me he had a hard stop coming up here. That's <laughs> pretty much right. Yeah, this is very true. Okay, as as usual, we're going to end with uh, tips from each of us. I know Ed's got to go fairly soon, so we'll whoosh through those. So, Ed, do you want to start off? What's your tip for our listeners this week? Yeah, and it's not a, 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 um, a tip of my own, but one that I borrowed off the blog of uh, Mr. Paul Mooney. Um, the uh, iPad that's been my constant companion for the last two, three months here um, just got sort of one plus with an application on it called Flipbook that uh, puts together. Oh, the dog likes Flipbook too. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying here, guys. Um, uh, Flipbook lets you put together a bunch of different news streams and uh, um, your Twitter and your Facebook and a number of others into a really great reading paradigm. And. Uh, it's now become the application I use every single day in the, on the iPad. Brilliant. I'll let you deal with, with your dog. I, I'm using <laughs> Flipbook as well. I think it's tremendous. You, uh, you, you see all, all the links that come up in your, in your Facebook and your Twitter streams come up in full sort of color and, and with all the text to go with them. It's a great way of surfing through that. I think the one thing for me with Flipbook is if, if you could also import your uh, RSS feeds from Google Reader or somewhere, then that would make it a, a real killer app. Have any of you guys used that? Uh, I have. I haven't gotten into where it's a must-look-at daily because I still haven't quite integrated the iPad into something I couldn't live without. But I I love the way that it turns the Twitter feeds and and things like that into what really looks like a magazine. 
it's a it's a unique look and feel. Absolutely right. So that's Flipbook for iPad. So thanks for that, Ed. Uh, Tom, do you want to continue? What's your tip? <clears throat> sure. Um, yesterday or a couple days ago when I was going through my RSS feeds, I ran across a text replacement utility. Um, it's for Windows, so sorry for all you Mac people, called Phase Express. It's P-H-A-S-E Express, all one word, and the URL is the same. And over and above the fact that it does the typical text replacement where you can type in a couple letters and it fills in replacements, but you can also set up predefined uh, chunks of uh, text that you may want to plug into letters or emails or, or whatever, and it's easily accessible via menu. And I'm just starting to play around more and more with that, and I can see where I am having that feeling that this is going to become an indispensable, I must have this on my PC and I must have all these little chunks, both for stuff I would do within just regular uh, text editing, like in Word or stuff, but also think about, you know, gee, I can have predefined agents out there that are set up in this, and I can just go out to designer, you know, select from the menu, poof, and there's my agent already put out in a certain skeleton format, and then I can just fill in from there. So I'm looking forward to playing around with this a little bit more. Great. Okay, and that's from phaseexpress.com, is that right? Correct. Okay, there's, there is a version or a, a similar utility for the Mac called Text Expander as well, which is, is really good. That gets rave reviews when I see it. So, okay, on to you, Darren. What's your tip? Following on from Duffbert's Indispensable Tools, mine is a, a product for Windows called TNT Screen Catcher, uh, which is what I use to capture all the screenshots and edit the red highlight boxes, etc. In, in in the blog. And that's something that I, I, I can't do with that. I know there's a couple on Windows, but that was that's free for personal use, which is kind of alluring to most people. Um, and then secondarily, um, I just want to make sure Lisa had promised that I was getting an iPad for my birthday in three weeks. So it's everybody's <laughs> job that listens to the podcast to make sure that happens so that I can use Ed's tip in three weeks or less. Okay. Everybody uh, should uh, tweet Lisa, I think, at Lisa Duke. Um, I think that would probably do it, and she'll probably kill me for that. Right, um, on, to, <laughs> on to my tip. Uh, I'm afraid it's another iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad app. It's a Reader, which is R-E-E-D-E-R, which is uh, an RSS feed reader. Uh, there's many others out there. Um, there's one from uh, the guys that do Net Newswire as well. But I love Reader. It's beautifully um, architected. It, it syncs with uh, Google Reader, so all of your um, feeds come from there. It it just is a beautiful app to use. It's a, a four dollar ninety nine download um, from the American store. It's also available on the on the UK store and many others, I think. So um, that's Reader R W -E D E R. So uh, that's all our tips for this week. As usual, the links will be on the website in the show notes. Um, so once again, guys, I just want to thank you all for taking part, particularly Tom for getting up at 3 a.m. or whatever time it was to take part. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay. Thank I, you. I won't ask you what uh, medicinal substances you use to keep you awake. Uh, I'm just glad I'm working from home and there's no <clears throat> chance that I may be called in to give a sample right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so thank, thank you all. Ed, do you, want to, do you want to start us off? How do people get hold of you? Where do people find you online? Uh, I don't really have a lot of time to be on social networking. Um, sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this whole Twitter thing just doesn't work for you, right? I, I have a blog uh, and an really? iPhone. Yeah. Wow. 
Um, <laughs> Can you show it to us? Oh shit! <laughs> so uh, yeah, edbrill.com, Twitter, uh, Twitter ID is edbrill, Skype ID is edbrill, uh, Facebook slash edbrill. Yeah, I think you get kind of a common theme there. And uh, happy to uh, happy to engage. Brilliant, Ed. I so appreciate you taking the time out this week. I know it's been a, a massively busy week for you with the announcements, so thank you for joining us today. Tom, how do people find you? Uh, much like Ed, I've got the same theme going on with Duffbert, D-U-F-F-B-E-R-T. So Duffbert at gmail.com, Duffbert on Twitter. Um, I'm out there on Facebook, you know, under my regular name, Skype, you name it. Search on Google, you'll find me. Tremendous. Thanks, thanks again, Tom, for getting up so early for us today. My Darren. pleasure. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Darren, how about you? blog.darrenduke.net for all things technically related to the Lotus product line and on Skype, Darren Duke, all one word, D-A-R-R-E-N-D-U-K-E. Tremendous. And Darren, thank you again for, for taking the reins of the podcast over the last three weeks. I'm, I'm sure you've learned a lot from uh, doing it. And, uh, and thank I, I you was, so much. I, I, was, I was about to say my pleasure, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> That would have been a lie. <laughs> Brilliant. And I'm Stuart McIntyre. Uh, as the other guys have, have intimated, you can find me as Stuart McIntyre, all one word, on uh, most of the social networks, including Twitter uh, and my company's collaborationmatters.com. Brilliant. Well, thank you all once again. Uh, I hope you, uh, everybody that listens to this has a great week and we'll be back next Friday for another episode of This Week in Lotus. Bye for now. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by Moo.com, the home of the finest custom business cards, mini cards, postcards and much more. For more information and for details of exclusive promotional offers, browse to thisweekinlotus.com. Moo.